Welcome back, everyone, to MX Asian American. Um, today, I have two guests, and this is the first episode where I have two guests. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, so I'm Jisoo, and I am a co-host of the Eat Your Crust podcast. Um, a little background about me, I'm Korean. I grew up on, in the Bay Area, and I'm currently still working in the Bay Area. Um, my name is Crystal, and... Similar to Jisoo, I am the other half of Eat Your Crest podcast. Um, I also am currently in the Bay Area. I'm Chinese American, and I was I'm actually Canadian, um, but right now I'm living in California, and also just working in tech in the Bay. Typical, typical Bay Area person. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, I brought on these two guests because I've been listening to Eat Your Crust, um, which is a really good podcast and really funny. And it's like similar to this one. So listeners should go check it out. So today it's all about the East versus the West. Um, (laughs) Mostly I've been interviewing like people from the East Coast. uh, So I wanted to get like more West Coast perspectives on. And I thought Crystal and Jisoo would help represent the west coast a little bit and then i will just represent the east coast even though it's two against one i hope it's okay <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure i mean okay. we already won the battle but no I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we'll just go through a list of some questions um so the first one did you guys grow up learning a instrument oh man <laughs> um i did learn an instrument growing up my mom always said you know, I never had the money or like the time to learn piano when I was young. So I really want you to learn piano. And being the good kid that I was, I was like, okay, fine. So I remember early as like maybe six or seven years old when I was in Korea, going to like the local piano, you know, like tutoring center. And I remember hating it because they would make you practice inside this like tiny room with like a piano. And then you would practice for like 30 minutes, go out and get like a test from the teacher. And if you were bad, she would like slap you on the <gasps> wrist oh my with God. the ruler. And what? I was like, dude, I'm literally like the cutest, smallest thing. <laughs> like I'm like six, seven years old. How can you hit me? And I think from then on, my journey with piano was just like screwed. Oh I ended up being forced to do it till maybe like se- seventh grade, I want to say. But I was really bad, hated practicing Um, And my mom isn't really like very strict on enforcing practice time and stuff. So eventually she just gave up and I was like, yeah, I think this is for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that sounds really intense, Jisoo. I didn't didn't know you had like, you got tested in that room and then they would slap you on the wrist. That's crazy. Wait, was that in the Bay? It was in Korea. So I think they take like piano, they approach it differently because I'm assuming like if you live in an apartment in Korea which most people do then you can't have like your own piano inside the house right so then there's just these like local centers that you go to where they have like 10 rooms with 10 pianos and then you practice there um which is why it sounds so like intense (laughs) (laughs) yeah that makes a lot more sense I was gonna say that's weird that you practice like there right before your Mm -hmm. lesson basically um Yeah, I also grew up learning piano, but my journey is a little different. I think I, I trapped myself kind of. So, (laughs) 
there was I forgot what it was um it might have just been like a restaurant or something I I saw someone play piano live with my parents and I was like wow this sounds amazing like piano is so cool and so one day we were just walking around outside or something and I was like mom dad I really want to learn piano like please I really want to learn piano wow your parents (laughs) must have loved that You know, in hindsight, they were probably like, oh, hell yeah, we don't even have to do the convincing anymore. But yeah, um, I, I like in my mind, I'm remembering it as I was begging them to learn piano. And it was like a little later, too. I think I was already in maybe second grade because I know some people, um, some people's parents like them to start really young in like mm. first grade, sometimes even like kindergarten, I think, if they're really intense about it. Right, right. But um, yeah, so they're like, okay, um, if you're so into it, I guess we can, you know, scrape up some money, buy a piano and like look into getting piano lessons. And I think they were pretty into it too. They're, they were like happy that I wanted to learn it. Mm-hmm. And so me and my brother, uh, I, I don't know how, but my brother got tangled up into it too. <laughs> oh my God. So, and so we both went and learned piano. Um, I think my brother, he wasn't as interested in uh, he wasn't as interested in it because he didn't like develop his own or he wasn't drawn to it in the beginning. I think like if we had given him time later on, he grew his own interest in a certain instrument, he would have been more dedicated. So mm-hmm. he actually ended up quitting earlier than me. And I was like, you know, I still remember I was the one who wanted to learn piano. So I held on to it, even though towards like high school, junior high, you're getting busier. It's harder to find time to practice. And, you know, your mind's more on like homework or just like other things. So I tried to hold on to it. And I think I played until it might have been 10th grade. Um, And then I ended up quitting because I was like, I just, I'm, I don't want to like waste anyone's time at this point because I'm I've been really bad at practicing even mm-hmm. though I know that you know I wish I could continue with no problems but yeah I I think in the end I'm glad I learned it still and even now occasionally I'll try to like play something or learn something on piano but definitely not as uh good as some people out there. Hmm. Wow. Okay, so you guys both learned piano. Um <laughs> and for a, a pretty long time, I would say. Um I'm like one of the failures. <laughs> <laughs> um because my I I wasn't drawn to like any instruments at all. Um and I don't know why or how my parents got the idea of sending me to learn um an instrument. But I I learned guitar and piano at the same time um, in third grade. Don't say wow, because it was like (laughs) half a year, maybe less. (laughs) Because um, it was like in the same, I think it was like a music kind of academy place. I don't know, but they taught both guitar and piano. Um, So yeah, I was, in the beginning, I was really into guitar. Um. But then the piano lessons were, oh my god, um, <laughs> nightmares. I don't know. The, I just didn't like the teacher. She was really mean mm-hmm. to me. Uh, or maybe to all her students. I don't know. <laughs> but like, whenever I'd get something wrong, she'd yell at me. And I would just oh, be like no. crying while I try to play. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
so after half a year, I was begging my parents to quit. <laughs> so you ended up quitting both at the same time? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and in hindsight, I kind of regret it. Um, I, sh- I kind of want to go back in time if I could and continue guitar. I uh, took a guitar class in eighth grade because they offer- offered it at my school. And it was wow. Fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, but yeah, I kind of regret it and not being able to play an <laughs> instrument right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like the most interesting thing about instruments and like why Asian parents force their kids to do it is like piano, I understand because you learn music theory so well, I think. Mm. Like it's very integrated into like the whole piano learning process. Mm-hmm. But something that I noticed uh, amongst people who grew up in my area, so I'm from like, Cupertino in the Bay, which is known for being, having a lot of tiger parents, known for being like super, super high achievement kids, um, very focused on academics and stuff. So Mm. I know a lot of parents made their kids learn really like niche instruments so that it would give them like an upper hand in applying to college. So one of the other ones was like, uh, like a handful of people learned the harp because what? it's like you know it's like really and yeah and it's like rare enough to where like it would be like a cool resume builder or like an application builder and then people learned like oboe so that if you were to go into like an orchestra there would be less competition and stuff what? so it was kind of interesting because I feel like it was like a strategy thing almost for parents yeah but but for the kids, it's like, oh, man, like, it's just another, you know, hour-long lesson every week. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. It's so strategic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, now that I think about it, so I mentioned that I'm Canadian. I actually grew up in Canada until I was 10. So I actually did not know that Asians, Asian Americans really liked or not liked, but were, it's very common for Asian Americans to, like, grow up learning piano. But I, like beg my parents to learn piano so oh, I actually wow. yeah I actually now that I'm thinking about it I actually learned piano without realizing the stereotype and do then, you think if yeah. you knew the stereotype you would not like it I don't really know I I think I just like music in general mm. um so like even now I or later in my life I started to you know self-learn some small instruments like ukulele and like guitar um Mm. and I remember I had a period of time when I was here in the bay where I really wanted to learn flute so I was already around the Americans at this time (laughs) and um I got a flute and I joined like band at school to learn it and then I was like okay this is kind of (laughs) hard honestly I think like any instrument that requires requires like breathing is hard (laughs) yeah 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 so that was pretty interesting to kind of think about I I guess like I probably wouldn't have been too affected by like the stereotype Mm -hmm. if I had known what Jisoo was talking about like the tiger kind of mom uh, vibe and like niche instruments I thought of a friend that I know or acquaintance that mm-hmm. I know she plays guzheng which is oh. um I don't know what it's called in English but like the Chinese piano yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um you you sit down and it's kind of like a piano setup except it's like strings so oh. you like pluck the strings but yeah she plays that and like 
does a lot of performances and stuff. But wow. Yeah, but that was a good segue into our next question. Um, would you consider your parents like the tiger mom or tiger dad type? I I think my parents wanted to be strict about <laughs> studies and stuff, but like so I think in a sense they were, but they weren't to the level of tiger. So I always um have this feeling that they were just like, you know what? Just do your best after a while because they're like, <laughs> I, I don't know if being a tiger parent is worth it because part of me is like, dude, they they low-key gave up on us. But oh my gosh. <laughs> another part of me is I think they, um, they didn't want to be the level of strict to the point where the kid is unhappy, mm-hmm. um, but they still did really want us to focus properly on like studies and things like that. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, My parents were fairly strict until I was maybe like seventh, eighth grade. And then that was the moment where I was like, I think they're giving up on me. (laughs) But now that I look back, I do think that um, it was less so that they were giving up on me and maybe more so that they were shifting to prioritize like my health and my happiness. Mm. Um, And there's a part of my like family back in Korea where they're like super smart and you know they went into like all the top colleges in Korea and stuff and my dad also had like a similar educational background so I think growing up there was like this expectation of like I don't know it was weird like every time I went back to Korea they would be like oh so like you're planning on going to Harvard right and I was like what the fuck (laughs) you're like it's not that Um, easy yeah I was like I get. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like no. <laughs> but um, I think as I like started to find my own strengths and like develop my own opinions and thoughts, my parents kind of um, let me do my own thing. So I was definitely grateful. But there was like a hard transition period. Mm-hmm. But then even though I say like yeah, my parents maybe were tiger parents growing up. Like I've heard so many stories from other friends who you know, their parents, I truly consider tiger parents because I never had like my internet cut off after a certain (laughs) point or like I've never been, you know, like spanked or anything like that. So Hmm. maybe not, you know? (laughs) Wow. I, yeah. Okay. Um, my parents are like sheep and not tiger. (laughs) They're like, um, honestly, it's because they are so busy working. Um, I never, I saw them like once a week on the weekends growing up. Uh, So I was like home alone ever since I was really young. So I didn't really have anyone to like boss me around or tell me to do anything. But um, I was a very proactive kid. (laughs) This subtle brag here. Um, I'll just like do my homework and stuff at home. And I would like rarely go out because there were, I had no like rides uh, if I wanted to like go to a friend's place or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go to any parties uh, growing up, and that's mm-hmm. kind of sad. Uh, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, and they they were pretty loose. They were like, as long as you get A's, it's fine. And I was like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the only thing was they never let me go to a friend's house for anything, uh, or uh-huh. never let any friends over either. Uh, that's probably yeah and then the the second most uh i don't know rule i guess quote unquote um for my mom was that 
okay, how to say this? I basically I look like a guy, um, mm-hmm. and I dress like a guy, so I wear like men's clothes and cut my hair mm-hmm. short. But yeah, that has been like a argument or like point of tension between uh, my mom and me ever since I was young because I cut my hair when I was in fifth grade. Um, wow. So yeah, growing up, my mom would always be like when are you going to start wearing a dress or growing out your hair and it's been like years and years but she still says that (laughs) i think it's hard for like asian parents who don't see as much like um liberal or don't see as much of the liberal side of like places like america Mm. to really like grasp the idea of like gender being fluid and like dress how you want to dress that kind of stuff because I think you know like when where they come from it's a bunch of rules like communism Mm -hmm. and stuff it's it's very very rule-based so Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's like a tough situation where you both have to try to understand each other but then it's like it's still ingrained in you so you have to have that like tug of war kind of (laughs) But um, yeah, similar to Jisoo, what Jisoo said too about like relatives back in China, um, I had a lot of kids compared to me <laughs> growing up. I'm sure you guys did too. Yeah, <laughs> um, like a neighborhood other Chinese kid, and they they would just like bring up all of a sudden like it was like super sudden basically mm-hmm. like one day they were just like hey did you know blah 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 his their son is going to so-and-so university and their grades mm-hmm. are whatever and they won this competition i'm just like okay so what do you want me to do <laughs> they, but they wouldn't like outright say it you know yeah. <laughs> you know i'm thinking about it i've noticed that i have done that before to kids um because i i teach kids um cs sometimes Mm. and i caught myself like about to compare someone and i realized that part of it can stem from like you think it's encouragement because it's like oh don't you want to be like as Mm -hmm. you know like good at this as this person is Mm -hmm. but then in the kid's mind or whoever is receiving this like comment it's actually pretty discouraged. It can be pretty discouraging in a lot of situations, especially if it's like coming from someone they look up to. Yeah, it's like everyone is on their own paths. And mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know where exactly like the tiger parent stereotype came from. Because I remember like in, in high school, we read the Joy Luck Club and that was kind of part of like our Asian American literature section of the curriculum. And I was like, dude, I literally don't relate to this entire book at all. And, you know, it's like, I feel like the tiger parent narrative or like that phrase, I guess, is kind of pushed on to the Asian community um, mm. when a lot of us don't identify with that. So mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like it's just like, you know, like a fairly regular like parenting gripe, mm. but it's framed as this like evil tiger parents <laughs> whipping their kids kind of um like a story so wow yeah that's that's true that's really true I never thought of it that way but (laughs) props to you guys you actually have an Asian American literature curriculum (laughs) (laughs) it was like maybe like a 10-week section (laughs) oh my god um but one thing I think um that it might come from like the stereotype is actually (laughs) from Asia itself um but Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot more recent 
than when this term actually came about. So I don't know if it's like if it like preceded it or like proceeded it.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I know in China, mainly in China right now,、um, a lot of families are very like strict on their children,、mm-hmm. and it's kind of scary. There have been like documentaries、mm-hmm. and movies made about this in Chinese.、Um, Basically, they make like their children learn every type of like thing. Basically, like、mm-hmm. they have piano lessons, they have taekwondo or like karate. I don't actually know what's called.、Um, and then they learn, I don't know,、uh, calligraphy, and then like <laughs> etc. etc. On top of all of their schoolwork, yeah,、uh, yeah it's like、uh, there's this phrase in Chinese which is like you, you like. Um, compete with their kids, not like against your kids, but like you use your kids to compete with other families. Right. Oh,、uh, right. they love their pawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting phenomenon. I think so. One thing that Jisoo mentioned earlier when we were talking about the instruments, her mom said mentioned how like she didn't have an opportunity to learn any、mm. instruments when、mm. she was young. So I feel like part of it could be that. That they're you know trying to live vicariously through their kids,、mm, yeah. so they're like their <laughs> intention is good, like oh please take all these opportunities, but then it ends up just like overwhelming their yeah, kids, something、uh-huh. like that. And it's like very yeah. ambitious, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your grades growing up and like <laughs> your college application process. <laughs> I can start first to change、okay. things up.、Um, sure, I am a very typical Asian student. <laughs>、um, I don't want to humble brag here, but you know, all A's growing <laughs>、yeah. up. I had one、nice. B. I think it was in first grade. I still remember it because I was so sad.、Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but other than that, I had all A's. And then,、um, honestly, the application process was terrible for me. I was super stressed、um, mm. because I had to do everything by myself. My parents don't know English, so I like filled out the tax forms, filled out FAFSA, filled out you know、um, mm. College Board all by myself. And there was this scholarship program called Questbridge. Um, that my an upperclassman、um, introduced me to, so I applied to that, which is、uh, basically a full ride to a lot of their partner colleges.、Oh. Um, and you like rank your schools based on how much you want to get in, basically.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't get into my top one, which was Columbia,、oh. but、mm-hmm. it's okay. <laughs> I got into、uh, Dartmouth, which is、nice. pretty good still. Yeah, you know? it's very good.、Mm-hmm. Yeah,、um, and and I just remembered.、Uh, When I got the decision, I called my mom,、um, and she was like, "What is Dartmouth?" <laughs> that was that's like her first reaction because、wow. I know like Dartmouth's pretty unknown. I I would say in the Asian American community,、um, mm. most parents just know Harvard, you know,、mm-hmm. MIT, Princeton, Columbia, maybe Stanford. Yeah, and then when I got home, though,、um, what made me really sad was like my dad. Told me or asked me why I didn't get into Princeton. I was like, Oh my, oh my god! <laughs> yeah,、um, dude, Dartmouth is such a good school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait. Okay. I noticed you said that Asians、uh, or like Asian Americans on your side, they don't know Stanford. Yeah. What? They, I mean, 
like the parents generation mostly they don't most of them don't know stanford wow <laughs> that's very interesting because like on our side west coast here because stanford is so close to us yeah it's in the uh-huh. bay area right stanford is like the harvard here yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, like if if you can't get into Harvard, but you got into Stanford, most parents will be like, "Dude, it's chill. It's like the same thing. It's fine, except it's closer." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's very interesting. I, I thought interesting. I would think that East Coast would know Dartmouth a little more, but no, no, yeah. <laughs> they don't. They don't even know like like, like Brown. Out of, yeah, out of the Ivy Leagues, they don't even know Brown or Cornell, wow. or, yeah, they just know, like, Harvard, Princeton, Columbia, oh. MIT. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, personally, growing up, my grades were not that great. I, I think th- they were, like, okay, but considering the, like, the people around me, they weren't great. I got mm. mostly, like, Bs and As, um, I actually had some C's before, and it was, like, very shocking to my parents. C's and- get degrees, is what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I, I, I think I only got, uh, okay, so I think I got a C in second semester senior year, so that's not as important, but um, <laughs> no. I had, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, but I had a C in, like, sophomore year, and my parents were, like, really, really upset. They were, like, holy shit, like, you can't even go to college now, basically. Oh my that God. was, like, that was oh their God. reaction, right? And I was, like, dude, what? Like, you think <laughs> I just can't succeed now because I got one C? And they're, like, dude, your life is, like, basically over. <laughs> oh my God. They didn't say it straight up like that, but that was the um, impression I was getting that they thought my life was basically over. And I was like, dude, that's so dumb. Like I'll still, I'm pretty sure I'll still be able to get to decent schools. Like may, probably right, right. not an Ivy league or anything, but honestly at that point I wasn't exactly aiming for Ivy leagues. So yeah, it's, it's a very, grades are just so important here, I guess, because of the concentration of high level students. And mm-hmm. so like when you're average, like when your school average is closer to that A level, it is pretty shocking to like see a, a C or um, mm-hmm. like lower grades like that. Right. Yeah, I feel like I definitely had a fairly similar experience to Crystal. Um, I had my fair share of Bs and I had like a weird tumultuous high school career where um, I had like a really rebellious freshman year in high school. So when I first got into high school, there was like some family stuff going on. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to rebel. Like, I'm not going to be this studious little kid that like Mm -hmm. does all the workbooks and stuff as soon as she gets home now. So then I really, you know, had like a bad relationship with my parents. And I was like skipping class to go out and hang out with some bad friends. Well, not bad, but like, (laughs) you know, not like academic friends and stuff. Yeah. So I like, was really lashing out against my parents, I think, in the way that I felt like would most hurt them, aka like bad grades. Um, (laughs) Mm. And then I think that was the point where my parents were like, okay, just do your best. And, you know, that's like all we need, basically. And then once I like, had that moment of realization where I was like, damn, this isn't really like doing anything. It's probably just (laughs) ruining my life. I like snapped back and got like pretty decent grades for the rest of high school. But I think like my freshman year grades dragged down my GPA a little bit. And um, 
so like my grades aren't like 4.0 you know mm. but yeah I think it was like a, kind of a good experience to have like I think if until my point of lashing out I was like getting good grades for the sake of my parents after that my grades were more for like my mm. self-satisfaction mm. and stuff so to me it was like an important transition period and did it probably kick me out of like some pretty good schools yeah but it's okay <laughs> we're still living and yeah I saw it yeah. so that's okay with me <laughs> I, I think oh sorry sorry uh yes, did you guys apply um to any like ivy league schools or schools on the east coast I did to like one I think I applied to U Chicago which isn't really like an ivy league but for my field that's like the top school and mm -hmm. I didn't get it <laughs> <laughs> I applied to Oh, okay. So actually, I did not apply to any Ivy Leagues. I applied to a couple East Coast schools, Boston University mm. and uh, Northeastern, because Northeastern had, not Northwestern, but Northeastern, they have this like interesting program where they help you or they make you work for your third year. Um, you have oh, to get co-op. Dude, I want that. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought that was really interesting because they literally help you get your work experience. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I ended up just staying in California due to like convenience and cost. Mm, um, but I thought one funny thing is for the Ivy Leagues. Oh, well, I guess Stanford's not an Ivy League. But um, when my brother was applying to school, he's a couple years older than me. My dad was like, hey, you should apply to Stanford because maybe they'll like accidentally overlook your application and you'll just slip through the cracks and get, <laughs> oh my oh god, my god. accidentally gross. over, yeah, and I, th I thought that was so funny and oh my, my god, it was just like, okay, I guess I'll apply then. <laughs> Dude, it's funny because you, me, and your brother all ended up at the same school. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, me and Jisoo's experience as West Coast Asian Americans might not be the most, like, accurate to mm -hmm. other people around us, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like most of the people around us were very, very focused on grades. A lot of my friends had, like, top grades, like, you know, nearly 4.0s, if not 4.0s. I guess for sure there's, like, a varied um, experience here. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're also lucky in the West Coast to have, like, a, a bunch of pretty good schools to, like, fall back on. Yeah. So I went to UC San Diego and so did Crystal, um, which is kind of like when I was applying, it was more of, like, a safety school. But then mm. after I finished school, I realized how good the academics actually are there. Mm. And I think it was, like, a good safety net almost to have because the safety net itself is so, like, high quality already. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm definitely like a huge variety of experiences like crystal said um a ton of people in my school went to like berkeley stanford mm. and some ivy league schools as well so i guess we're kind of like in the middle there <laughs> yeah, yeah i think my experience is like similar to yours even though i like i'm at ivy league but um most of my friends <laughs> <laughs> most of my friends um we're like Okay, yeah, this is a flex, but we're like <laughs> top 10 of our class, but Damn. Um, yeah, we, we all had like really good grades and 
But what's interesting is that most of them actually apply to state schools um, because oh. like kind of similarly, we have um, Georgia Tech, which is like right, a pretty, right. a really good technology mm-hmm. school. Um, totally. And of course, Asian Americans, we're all about engineering and computers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, most of them apply to GT and then others apply to like University of Georgia, which is also a state school. Um, mm. But yeah, and only like a f- like very few, like maybe two or three of my friends applied like out of state to like Ivy Leagues. Um, and yeah, one of my friends got into Yale and other wow. few people got into Princeton. Um, yeah, most of them was like state schools. And I also applied to UGA as my backup um, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it's kind of interesting what you said earlier about like the application process though and how you kind of had to do everything yourself from you know choosing your programs to like the tax information Mm -hmm. because I definitely had a similar experience and I think you know now that I'm looking back I wish my parents held my hand a little bit more in terms of like learning how to pick a college that's right for you Mm -hmm. because literally what I did was I went like I'm a sociology major but I was also interested in studying like economics Mm -hmm. Um, so I just went to like U.S. news rankings and then I looked at top soch and top econ dude I literally did the same thing (laughs) yeah but it's like rankings are so meaningless like I know I know how she looked at northeastern because of their program and that thought never would have occurred to me Mm -hmm. when I was like so I wish I had some sort of guidance on like you know pick the right program look at the faculty that you want to study under Mm, and focus on like numbers Mm-hmm. yeah now like I'm in college like kind of in hindsight I wish I'd done more research when I was applying to schools because <laughs> honestly I literally just applied to the ones that sounded good I went on their websites and looked at like the classes they had like that was the extent of my research um mm-hmm. and like basically picked out the ones I thought were good for English um yeah I think just the college application process is so it's so confusing, I guess. But Mm -hmm. so for me, my parents actually put me in this like after school program, I guess. It's like, it's almost like tutoring for your application, um, which is pretty common here in the Bay Area now, as Mm -hmm. years have gone by. Um, They help you with your essay writing. Sometimes they help you with a bit of counseling and like college choices. I think the only pro in the program that I had really was they off they helped me see more choices. Like they're like, mm-hmm. oh have you ever considered this college um or this college that I personally never heard of but were really good in specific areas and like seemed interesting. But in terms of like actual essay writing and stuff, I for me personally, looking back, I'm like I don't think it was that much of a help to me because I didn't, uh, I didn't take it in as well. I think I was just kind of like, Oh, let's get this over with. Like, Mm. let me write these like stupid essays and, you know, put some (laughs) slight meaning into them. And hopefully one of the schools will like it or, you know, like, I, I don't know if they were able to like really crack into me and help make my essay better Mm. in that way. Um, and so I felt like I shouldn't have had that um, program help me. I feel like it would have been nicer if I had just done it on my own. Mm -hmm. And I actually asked my parents before how, like, how they chose their own 
college, how they ended up going where they did. And in China, um, they just have one test. And Mm. that one test is at the end of high school. All of their grades do not matter. Everything just banks on that one test. I I think it's a little different now, but for my parents' generation, um, it was literally ride or die on that test. So if you didn't do as well, you would wait another year and retake it and just go to college later. And so my parents were like, yeah, we didn't really have a choice. It was just like the best school that my score could get me into. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like they didn't know much either, but it it was nice that they tried to do some research with me. So I do appreciate that. Um, I don't know. It. I think everyone's very confused, especially if you're like a second uh, second generation Asian American mm. or immigrant That's in general. True. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, like you're 16, 17. <laughs> like, it's like choosing your life. Yeah. Dude, yeah crazy yeah I hope that like once I'm a parent I can kind of hold my kids hand more through the process because mm. it's such a confusing time like even my major I literally googled list of majors and then I was like, <laughs> okay, that's interesting and luckily it is it's like a good fit for me but mm. I think as a parent you can kind of understand your kids perspective more but also give them the guidance that like an adult can give right so yeah I feel like if I had like almost like workshop sessions with my parents where we like talked about the different paths and different fields that would have been super helpful but Mm. um, doing the research on your own isn't as easy sometimes because you don't get like a holistic view that is so true actually because I'm just thinking about you know our parents a lot of our parents they don't really know anything other than what they do right Mm -hmm. so I think when I was choosing my major I mentioned econ or something and they're like Mm -hmm. oh what can you do with that? And I was like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I, they're they're like, like, I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, yeah. My parents keep telling me to find a more pragmatic <laughs> major, but yeah. Um, I think I want to be kind of like the guiding person for my siblings um, through that process. Mm. Cause my siblings are really young. Um, my sister is 14, mm. uh, so she's just starting high school, and I think, like, I've been through already, so once she, like, starts applying, I want to kind of help her through that process, too, That's since awesome. I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, next question, what field are you guys working in right now? So, um, I guess to kind of define, like, what I actually studied in college, I ended up double majoring in sociology and uh, management science, which is like Mm. quantitative economics almost. And then I did a minor in computer science, which interestingly enough, I did with Crystal. So (laughs) I ended up going into the world of like data analytics. Mm. So right now I started off my career as a data analyst and then now I'm a demand planner. So kind of still in the world of numbers and data hmm okay you just said so many words that i don't understand <laughs> but i'm sure other people will understand <laughs> um i guess you could say that it's like forecasting pretty much oh okay so uh as jesus said i also had a computer science minor we took it together for the most part and then um i my major in the beginning was econ but 
I switched in the middle. Um, I think it was beginning of second year. I switched to international business. Mm. Um, econ was just like too many numbers for me, to be honest. It's like very <laughs> math based. Mm, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to study all this math and like practice all of this math. And <laughs> I think, I think the study style for that major didn't really fit me. So I guess Mm -hmm. like as a word of advice, don't be too afraid to change your major into something that you think will make you happier or you think would fit your study style better. Mm -hmm. Um, Just try not to change too late, but yeah. Um, And then I currently am working within the tech industry, but my job function is actually um design so I do like graphic design motion design related stuff Mm. um and I guess like my major is very unrelated because (laughs) I personally uh self-taught a lot of my graphic design to um throughout high school and during college I would pick up internships or like on-campus jobs that were related to graphic design Mm. and I in the beginning I was thinking about going into marketing like Um, paid advertising or Mm -hmm. something like that but when I did an internship in it I realized that I could do it you know I it wouldn't be bad for me but when I was like putting these ads up I was like man I want to be the one creating the ads not the one punching in the numbers Uh, like setting the prices for each click Um, so that's when I decided that I would make the commit to going for graphic design and so after that, I tried to, you know, do all my internships in graphic design, even though my major was um, international business. But I feel mm-hmm. like on the bright side, it still helped in, at the end of the day because it gave me marketing and business knowledge, which is pretty important in any workplace just to know totally. general, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like generally how things work and how to properly communicate and things like that. Mm, yeah. yeah yeah I think I I'm an English major and creative writing uh mo- mostly poetry mm. and um hopefully I'll be a full-time poet maybe in the future mm-hmm. that's so cool um, wow. <laughs> um I think this is the vibes I get from like west versus east coast I think west coast Asian Americans um are generally more in the creative fields, I kind of want to say, but you guys have given me a lot of tech vibes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, that that's what, like, that was, like, what I thought what it was like before this conversation. Um, and, like, more entertainment feel. Maybe it's just, like, Hollywood in general. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think East Coast... Asians that I've met um like my friends are mostly in tech too but also like math based stuff and also um engineering and like more in the northeast side um I would say it's more like kind of social sciences vibes um and a lot of like small business owners too oh that's interesting I feel like it's kind of hard because um, so you grew up in Georgia and mm-hmm. we grew up at the Bay, which is like two big tech hubs, I would say. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, I guess if I had to pinpoint like what my assumption of East Coast Asians were, I would have to guess that East Coast Asians mostly go into like law or med school, like that mm. kind of field. Whereas West yeah. Coast Asians, like, um, especially the Silicon Valley 
it's very like tech focused. Like if you don't get into Fang, then are you mm. even successful? Kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah,、um, I could see that totally. I think、yeah. it's more like north, like in the in the north, most、um, people go to med. I think.、Mm. Yeah, I I always thought East Coast really liked finance. Oh yeah, that too.、Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I would say West Coast is very divided. So you, I think it's actually very funny that you th- think、um, West Coast, West Coast Asian Americans like to do entertainment a lot. It is true, <laughs> but only in LA. I would say. Ah yes. Basically, like if you want to do anything entertainment or media related, you'll usually y- you might start in the Bay or in like deep South California, but you'll usually end up in LA if you、mm. want to succeed and have、yeah. all the connections. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that is true. But in terms of like Northern California, it's literally all STEM. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. So I guess like the rest, the perception of California too. It's just LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't even know the geography of California that well. So. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. But at the same time, I also don't know the geography of New York too well because、mm. I'm in the south. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. Um. Kind of comparing a little bit. What are like. What field or fields do your parents、uh, work in? I guess I can start with this one.、Um, my parents,、uh, my dad got、um, high school diploma in China, and then my mom graduated grade school. So, not a lot of education there.、Mm-hmm. So when they came here, they had to do like manual labor work.、Um, oh. They mostly like worked in restaurants and are still working in restaurants right now.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, as like servers and bussers, stuff like that.、Um, when did You, when did they come to America? If you don't mind me asking. No, of course.、Uh, my mom came. I think they both came around the same time when they were eighteen. Wow, that's really young. That's、so、yeah,、funny. very yeah. young. Dang. Yeah. So my parents work in tech. <laughs> my dad's an engineer. <laughs> Typical.、Um, yeah, we actually ended up in California because of the tech hub, Silicon、mm. Silicon Valley. My dad has always been an engineer, and when we were in Canada, we were actually in the East Coast, and there's a bit of a tech hub there, Waterloo.、Mm. Um, if any Canadians are listening.、Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he eventually got recruited to Silicon Valley because that's just. Literally, where the heart of so much tech is,、mm-hmm. and so that's how we ended up in California. Yeah, kind of similar for me, I guess. My dad works in marketing, so stereotypical Korean. He started out in Samsung. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which,、um, I think back when, like ni- late nineteen nineties, is kind of when my dad started first coming to America. So he works as like. Marketing slash, I think almost tech sales,、um, and then my mom works in like accounting. So they first came here because there were a ton of Samsung clients here, whether it's like Apple, Microsoft, etc. And then my dad ended up eventually setting up his own marketing consulting firm, and that's kind of why they came over here. So、mm. I didn't really grow up with like engineer parents, which is why.、Um, I was never interested in being an engineer. Like I feel like you kind of、uh, grow、uh, up seeing、yeah. like what your parents do. So I always kind of felt like I would go into like business or something, which I guess as a data analyst working in like retail, it's kind of business, but、mm-hmm. 
yeah I just never even considered like engineering (laughs) Mm, yeah okay so this kind of like reinforces my um stereotype of the west coast (laughs) um so what I thought was um the east coast most of um our parents or at least in the south I'm not gonna say east coast anymore in the south um (laughs) we're like small business owners or um just like I had is it blue collar or is it white collar I forgot Uh, I think white collar is business and blue collar is more like hands-on stuff yeah I think we're like blue collar workers um Mm -hmm. and like small business owners because my parents open a lot of parents um that I know open their own like restaurants here Mm -hmm. um like Crystal said before a lot of finance snakes (laughs) 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 um yeah, and like uh, investment. I don't know what like the more professional term it is, but like they do, we do a lot of like Im- investment and stuff like that. But versus y'all is just tech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I actually never thought about what the parents would be doing in the East Coast. Now yeah. that I think about it. Yeah, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Small business owners, blue collar work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah because I, I feel think, like oh mm, go ahead because I think also this is like related to another question but like what I think is like in the on the west coast a lot of your parents already know how to speak English at least but on the east mm-hmm. coast not a lot of our parents know how to speak English is that true <laughs> I mean so my dad speaks English because he has to like communicate with clients and stuff but my mm-hmm. mom actually doesn't speak English so oh. even when she did accounting work here it was with Korean companies so mm. you don't really have to speak um, English if everyone around you speaks Korean mm. and that's also part of the reason why they moved to Cupertino specifically because Cupertino there's a ton of Korean people oh. and there's not a lot of Korean people that exist in like the world I would say so it's nice to have like a small little town filled with Korean speaking people mm the point where you don't have to learn English to survive here oh. so um definitely for my parents and a lot of Korean parents in our neighborhood it's not always common for them to speak English I would say mm, okay mm-hmm. yeah I think it depends on their job a lot so I do have a few friends who their parents speak really good English mm. and um their parents aren't really STEM uh, they don't really have STEM jobs. They're actually a bit more like business related or something mm. like that. So similar to Jisoo's dad, where they will have to communicate a lot. And eventually right. they build up pretty good English after mm. a while. But my dad, he, you know, he's an engineer. So he still has to communicate. So he has English knowledge and he can speak English. But my parents are always saying how their English isn't good. And they kind of gave up early in like truly learning English. Um, One thing is like at home, we always speak Chinese to each other. And they're like, mm. honestly, if we had tried to speak English with you guys, um, then maybe our English would be better right now, but your Chinese would probably be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's true. Um, Yeah. And my mom, she didn't really work so she was a stay-at-home mom for most of the time so she had even less opportunity to really speak English mm, so yeah. her yeah her English is definitely not the best you know <laughs> mm. I think that's true that it depends on the job like a lot of client-facing um, jobs need 
basically need like English because you're speaking to like a lot of clients. Um, Yeah, I have one friend whose uh, dad is like a regional manager of papaya. So yeah, right. (laughs) So basically he literally, yeah, his his English is very fluent. He can speak to like all of us. Um, But her mom um, is like a housewife, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she doesn't know a lot of English. And yeah, Mm -hmm. it makes sense. But yeah, I was just going to segue into like what language you speak at home. (laughs) Um, But Crystal already answered, so I can go. Um, Yeah, I speak Chinese at home too. um, And and it's because my parents don't know English. And also Mm -hmm. my parents like forced me to go to Chinese school (laughs) when I was young. Um, But yeah, I took like about eight years of Chinese school. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny that you say that because I also took a long... Or I also took Korean school for a really long time in my life. Um, I took Korean school until eighth grade, which I feel like is kind yeah, of yeah. I did ridiculous. too. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Dude, did you guys have like a graduation and everything? Wait, no, I we did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh no. We had like this whole graduation ceremony, um, which wow, I think is so. That's funny kind of cute. Yeah, it was definitely like an experience because I started off with like a really big class. And then eventually it was like 10 people graduating. And it was just oh, like, wow. yeah, really funny. People just but, dropped off. <laughs> yeah, people like gave up. <laughs> Dang. Um, I'm grateful that I took Korean school. I think in school you learn a lot more than just language, at least for us. Mm. Like I learned a little bit more about Korean history and mm-hmm. the culture to the point where now I can I still like read Korean books sometimes or like I browse wow. a lot of Korean websites. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps a lot when I communicate with my parents who now live in Korea, um, I'm like grateful that I still retain the language. But mm. yeah, for us, we definitely spoke Korean at home and my parents wanted it to stay that way since uh, like we don't have a lot of cousins here. I have, I basically don't have cousins here. Um, so then talking to Korean people would be like at school or something or during Korean school. So my parents wanted to make sure that I was getting some form of like consistent Mm. Korean practice. And then I still remember like the day that I started speaking English at home and my like my parents were speaking English back to me and I was like, dude, this is weird. (laughs) I feel like I'm entering like a new chapter. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, this is different from what I thought. <laughs> I thought y'all West Coasters just spoke English at home. Um, I, I do know a lot of families who do speak a lot of English yeah. at home. Like my boyfriend, he and his family literally only speak English in their house. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. Like, It's so weird, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because in my home, it's like, we don't utter English. Well, I, you know, okay, maybe a word will slip out if I'm yeah, like, yeah. trying to talk fast and I can't find the Chinese word. Right, yes. But like, it, it, it was just so, I was like, whoa, we can, we can speak English in this house? Like, they'll understand <laughs> us? It's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, also, like, going back to that school, Chinese school, Korean school thing, I actually took Chinese school until like 11th grade. It, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> 
time to <laughs> and I remember I started like in kindergarten I wow I think like knowing Chinese was really important for my parents mm. because it's like well if you can't speak Chinese you can't communicate with us properly and you can't communicate with any of your relatives properly um so you basically like have to know Chinese <laughs> mm, yeah I yeah okay so my parents say that like we should all speak uh, Chinese at home, but I actually speak English to my siblings. Mm. Um, their Chinese sucks. Uh, <laughs> they're like uh, in their like uh, fourth or fifth year of like Chinese school right now. And they don't like, they barely speak Chinese at home, which I'm oh. kind of, I'm really sad about. Um, yeah. And I think one part of it is because of me, because I keep speaking <laughs> English to them. Because <laughs> I keep speaking in English to them. Um, to the point like now they don't like they can't really answer my parents when they talk to them and I, it's like oh, really no. sad yeah it's like so sad to see or like they answer in english and i'm just like oh it's so sad <laughs> yeah that's tough yeah. yeah maybe i should start speaking in chinese to them more <laughs> but you're, like when you're away at school mm-hmm. then they just like struggle to speak to your parents yeah <laughs> oh man, oh, man. Sucks. yeah it's said (laughs) yeah I think so I have a brother as I mentioned and me and my brother definitely speak English to each other because it's you know to us that's our mother tongue Mm -hmm. oh wait no it wouldn't be mother tongue right or to us that's I feel like we have two mother tongues but yeah (laughs) so to us that's just like what we grew up speaking Uh um but to my parents he still speaks Chinese and stuff. Mm. I I guess it's a little different because I'm the younger sibling and Mm. our age difference isn't too far. So we were basically growing up learning Chinese together and Mm. then speaking to our parents together. Mm. Yeah, I feel like what language you speak at home with your parents really shapes your like American experience because like I grew up strictly speaking Korean at home for a really long time and then everything we did at home was Korean you know like we would watch Korean TV shows together but I would never like sit down and watch American Idol with my parents oh my right? God, yeah. but then I would like miss out on the whole like you know going to school and then being like oh did you see like Kelly Clarkson <gasps> last night like I just never had that experience so then um. for a really long time I felt like I was hiding my Korean side of me because mm-hmm. I think your Asian side is a little bit different, especially in Korea where like, you know, there's honorifics and then you have to like have politeness and you have to like bow and, you know, like the set of social rules are so different. So then I always felt like I was half myself, um, whether I was speaking Korean or English. And Mm. I don't think it was until like a few years ago when K-dramas got really popular and like (laughs) yes, was taken world to like and now I feel like I can be a little bit more Korean and American at the same time but mm-hmm. I definitely almost like try to hide that part of me for a while well that's so interesting I actually had the same experience as Jisoo mm-hmm. um because I watched Chinese shows at home even though I was by myself but we had no <laughs> like English cable at all and it was just Chinese cable so I only had um days when we still had cable right um so I only had Chinese like channels so I could only watch the Chinese shows I had no idea what 
like the teachers were talking about and like what Scooby-Doo was or like, you know, magic <laughs> school bus. Um, but oh, like no, you missed magic school bus. Well, like I know what, <laughs> like the extent of my American pop culture was like what I watched at school, which right, was like right. magic school bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like sometimes Nickelodeon shows, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I was kind of, my like personal experience was kind of different. Cause I didn't feel like I was missing out on too much because um i don't know if like you guys know this place but i grew up in duluth georgia which is like called little korea also um it has a huge population of korean people and like asians um so i grew up with a lot of asian friends and mostly korean friends so we would you know talk about the same things and i was like kind of really into k-pop too and like Mm -hmm. um (laughs) k-dramas so like we were talking about the same things and i felt like i wasn't missing out on too much Mm because all my friends were watching the same thing as i was watching yeah that's a really good point and uh i think we have a lot of parallels between us because like i mentioned before cupertino also has a lot of koreans Mm. and i think what happened for me was i just naturally gravitated towards korean friends or Mm. people liked Korean stuff so then Mm. I didn't have like a hugely diverse group of friends because I just didn't have like shared interests with them like I didn't Mm. go home and watch like these kinds of tv shows or these sports or I didn't have that same experience with my parents so then my pool of like friendships was smaller and Mm. I think in a way like I wish I had more diverse friends growing up because I think that would have changed how American I felt in a way, mm. or like how assimilated I felt in a way, but um, now I'm like grateful that I kind of stuck to my Korean heritage. So <laughs> I don't know, it's definitely like a pros and cons kind of thing, right? Yeah. I think for me, so when I was growing up in Canada, I didn't really have Asians around me. It was mostly white people. Um, and so that's all I knew until I came to California. And then I was like, whoa, there are a lot of Asians here um, in the Bay Area, at least. And so I kind of had to learn how to make Asian friends. And because I had so many white friends before, I, I kind of had that feeling as well where it's like I was hiding my Asian like heritage, I guess, or like, you know, that part of me. Um, but I think also I just didn't embrace it as much at, at home because the most was speaking in Chinese with my parents. But in terms of the TV that I watched or, um, well, I guess that's the main content that we had back then. <laughs> so the TV that I watched, it was it was just like the whatever was on cable. We had um, regular cable. And so I was pretty, I guess, like almost whitewashed during mm-hmm. that time of my life. So when mm-hmm. I came to California and there was a lot more Asians, um, it was weird at first because I, I was like, oh, you guys know this too, or you guys also uh, can speak Chinese, or you guys have these certain similarities that I've never been able to share with other people. Mm, um, like a whole new world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think in the beginning, it was a little weird for me, but over time, I just felt more and more comfortable because I was able to like sit in my Asian-ness much more comfortably. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I... 
kind of had the same experience as Crystal, but like kind of opposite um, when I got to college um, since <laughs> like I was in like such an Asian bubble and then I went to college, which is like predominantly white. Mm-hmm. I kind of had reverse culture shock or it was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's so many white people here. Um, <laughs> I've never seen this many white people at the same place. So. <laughs> Um, and I kind of had to learn how to make white friends. <laughs> Dude, I feel that. That's like my experience when I first started working. I was like, whoa, let me figure out how to like, you know, yeah, engage right. and like relate to white people. Yeah. You know? And I was, you had to like kind of figure out like etiquette too. And I'm just like, totally. uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, okay. So um, we're coming up on our last question, which is like a little bit more fun. Um, so what are you guys' feelings on boba? Especially <laughs> <laughs> just so funny. So boba to me is, <laughs> I'm like trying to talk seriously about it, but it's making me <laughs> I actually had boba for the first time when I was in uh, high school. So obviously since I'm Korean and I'm not Chinese, I didn't have boba and I didn't even know what boba was. And it's kind of funny because like Cupertino, as much as it is Korean, it's also very Chinese and specifically Taiwanese. So there's Mm. definitely a lot of boba spots near where I grew up, but I guess I just never knew it existed or thought to even go there. So when I got into high school and my friends were like, oh, like there's this place called Verde and it's so good. We should like walk there and get it. I was like, oh, okay. And then I had it and I was like, what is this like frothy milkshake, but then I can still taste the tea. And like, I didn't know what boba was. So I was like, dude, this tastes so bad. But then (laughs) somehow along the way I got addicted and I weirdly enough worked at a boba place when I was like a senior in high school. And (laughs) this still makes me laugh, but like boba was still like new to me, even though I've had it before. Right. So when I was growing up, we called it pearl milk tea or PMT for short. And then this customer came in one day and she was like, yeah, can I also get like boba in my drink? And I was like, what the fuck is boba? And I was like, um, do you mean pearls? And she was like, yeah, boba. Like giving oh me the strangest look. And I was like, dude, this girl is so weird. Like you can't just throw out your personal nicknames for stuff. <laughs> And then later I was like talking to my coworkers and they're like, dude, you know, it's the same thing, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm Korean. Like, I don't know. Oh my God, <laughs> personal nickname. That's so funny. Oh my God. That's yeah. hilarious. I still like boba to this day. And I know there's this whole wave of like boba Asians where people are like, oh, don't make boba your entire Asian identity. But mm, <laughs> true. You know, yeah. Have, like, some sort yeah. of common ground for sure Mm, yeah I (laughs) your story is so funny I (laughs) I that actually reminds me though when I was like really really not really really young but like uh elementary middle school my mom would sometimes get me boba but we called it bubble tea like I, I, I called it bubble tea with my friends um and I actually didn't know the term for that in English because, you know, my mom just bought it for me and mm-hmm. we just say it in Chinese. Um, but I think it was recently that I actually started calling it boba mm-hmm. because of like the whole boba boom that happened um, <laughs> in the fa- totally. past few years. But I am kind of like boba, slightly obsessed 
I would say. <laughs> um, because I, uh, I, I think Georgia has become a, not Georgia, but Metro Atlanta has become a huge Asian pub right now. Mm. And there are so many boba places opening up. Like within the past year, I would say like at least five to 10 places opened um, near me. Yeah. And it's like the hype, you know? I would be like, <laughs> I want to go and try this new place. And then I would just, yeah, I just keep on trying new places. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get like boba withdrawal when I go to school. Oh <laughs> because there's no, there's there's one single boba place at my school and it sucks. Aww. Oh, well, I haven't had it, but I heard it sucks. So I <laughs> don't confirm. Yeah, I, I, I don't get boba when I'm at school. So I get like boba withdrawal. <laughs> but yeah. So I can confirm bubble tea is an East Coast thing. Oh, really? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when I was, uh, the first time I had boba, I guess, was, I was pretty young. It was in Toronto. Um, maybe I was, like, first grade, maybe even kindergarten. But, yeah, it, it's called bubble tea there. It's for sure an East Coast thing. Um, and Excuse when I first, <laughs> and when I first came here to the West Coast, um, people called it, I think, so in North California, I noticed people tend to call it milk tea more. Mm-hmm. Um at least during our like junior high high school time and then boba was more of a socal term mm, right and then since me and jisoo went down to san diego for college i think that's where we kind of picked up the term boba and i feel like since then it's just kind of been spreading uh that term specifically is spreading everywhere um, so now it's like way more commonly called boba. But mm-hmm. I do remember when I learned of the term boba, I I I was like quite disgusted with it. I was like, <laughs> what is this term? Why does it sound so yeah. stupid? Dude, me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I refuse to call boba. <laughs> like I yeah. So the thing is, right now, I don't even know if I call it boba. I guess when other people say boba, I'll respond with back with that word. But um I actually don't really drink milk tea much right now because, for one, I just don't really drink caffeine that much at the moment. Mm-hmm. And two, I think I was never super obsessed with it. I always enjoyed it, but I could go a long time without it without even realizing or noticing. So, wow. yeah, <laughs> I, wow. I, I don't have like cravings for it that often. So it's just not really like, you know, I, I don't hate it. I don't. I'm not obsessed with it, but I'll enjoy it occasionally. Mm. You, know, <laughs> you guys I'm, are like, what does, how does that feel like? <laughs> I'm also um, caffeine intolerant, so, <laughs> oh. I, but I still drink boba. <laughs> like, when I have caffeine, I just can't sleep at night, um, no matter, like, when I have it. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, same. Yeah, I just, like, true. metabolize it, like, kind of slowly or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I didn't know that bubble tea was an East Coast thing. But now that I think of it, that's kind I think that is true. Because like at school, whenever we advertise for like, like sometimes we have like make your own milk tea nights, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And it's just called boba, but not boba, bubble tea. <laughs> so yeah. how, how, how would you like say, let's go get boba, Crystal? What would you uh, say we, instead of boba? We'd be like, let's go get milk tea. Oh, okay. Do you want milk tea? 
Yeah. Sometimes I would say like MT. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we call it PMT all the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in oh, when I was in Canada, like, oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. You go ahead. Um, I just feel like bubble tea sounds such a like like a child's term. You know, and then like boba to me was also kind of like that fringe word of like it sounds a little bit childish. Mm. So I feel like just like Crystal said, I was like, dude, milk tea is like the most mature way of calling mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm childish. <laughs> but now it's just so normalized that it doesn't sound as weird as when I first heard uh-huh. it. Dude, yeah, sure, sure. actually, it's so normalized that, um, so a lot of like bubble tea places here um, have like Chinese menus, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it, in Chinese, it's actually boba too, and it's kind of cool. Whoa. Like, oh, like they directly translate it. So the Chinese word would be bo ba. Oh it's my god, boba. Like, yeah, it's so that's so crazy. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. but that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, that is really. I don't think I've seen that yet in the West Coast, but mm-hmm. I. Also, have not been outside in a while, so. <laughs> yeah, now I go outside, it's only for boba. <laughs> That's what you'll risk life on. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you can tell my character from that, right? <laughs> okay, um, well, that's the end of our East versus West. Honestly, I feel like we were a lot more similar than we were a lot different i think yeah Mm -hmm. well it it also might be because you know of our own specific you know experiences yeah experiences um might not be all-encompassing you know a sample size of one (laughs) versus a sample size of two (laughs) but yeah it was a pretty light-hearted conversation i enjoy that these days i feel like i need more of that Mm -hmm, but yeah thank you guys so much for coming on um, do you guys want to plug anything? Yeah, sure. So as Karen mentioned in the beginning of the episode, me and Jisoo host our podcast, Eat Your Crust. Um, we release websites every Wednesday. Um, feel free to check us out. Our handle is Eat Your Crust Pod on Instagram. Yeah, awesome. They talk about a lot of cool and funny stuff, um, <laughs> especially on dating and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thank Thanks you so, so much for, for inviting us. Fun.